Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 20 of Process to Profitability. Today, I am talking to Kristen Kaplan all about pricing your services for profitability and for your dream clients. Kristen gets into a lot of really great information to help you price your services and actually make a profit in your business, including why you need to stop depending on what others are doing for pricing and start figuring out what your actual numbers are. We get to talk about knowing your numbers and why that's so important, as well as pricing based on what value you're bringing to your clients as opposed to just what it is you need to make or what industry standards are. So I'm really excited for this episode because I think it's something that so many of us creative entrepreneurs and small business owners struggle with, especially when we hear from a lot of people that it seems like our prices are so high. And as we go into this episode, I want to encourage you to get into your own numbers so that you know exactly where you should be pricing your services and figuring out what value you bring to your clients. Kristen is an entrepreneur, wife, mother of three, and extreme list maker. A northerner by way of Los Angeles, she is now happily settled in Nashville, Tennessee, and loves everything about living in Music City. She founded Stunning Events 10 years ago, where she plans fresh, fun wedding celebrations and manages all business operations. She also teaches, mentors, and coaches creative entrepreneurs to live a life of purpose by building a solid foundation. She is the writer and creator of The Pricing Workbook, a pricing guide for creative business owners, and the co-founder, along with Jenny Krauss, of the Wedding Business Bosses Community and the Wedding Business Academy, a six-month group coaching program for wedding industry creatives. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, Kristen. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about pricing. I know it's a topic that a lot of people struggle with. Yes, um, I definitely have noticed that in the recent years that I've started kind of talking about it more. It's everyone's curious on how to make more money and I don't blame them for being that way. (laughs) All right, so let's get started and have you tell everybody a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Well, my name is Kristen Kaplan, and I am originally from Boston, Massachusetts, and then spent some time in LA, and I now live in Nashville. And when I first moved here to Nashville, it was about 10 years ago now, which is crazy, I did not have a job, so I decided to start a business as a wedding planner. And I opened stunning events, and now I'm still planning weddings 10 years later. And a few years ago, I started mentoring and consulting with other wedding industry professionals and kind of helping them with their businesses because it was something I was super passionate about. And that kind of transformed into uh, helping creative businesses as a whole and specifically in the area of pricing. That was an area that for some reason I've always been really fascinated with. I love numbers. I love budgets. I love spreadsheets. I'm weird like that. (laughs) So I started just helping out other businesses and um, working with them on their pricing strategies and trying to come up with ways to be more profitable in their business. And that led me to creating the pricing workbook last year, which was a workbook dedicated to doing just that. 
All right. Sounds good. And I think your story is probably a little bit different than most, but it's similar to mine in that I moved to Richmond and did not have a job either. So ah. I learned about <laughs> I learned about online businesses and used the skills that I had gained from my education and working, you know, for other people to start a business. It was not planned. That's so funny. Yeah, I feel like that's the best path to business sometimes is just kind of being forced into it because you don't have a job. Yes. All right. So why do you, why did you transition into talking more about pricing? For me, it was really kind of a natural transition. It was something that I just found myself talking about more and more. And whenever I worked with these business owners, I always, that was an area that everyone seemed to struggle in. It was something where I was looking at people going, why are you charging that? That doesn't make any sense. And so I would start to just talk about it and blog about it. Um, I went on Periscope back when Periscope was a thing and just started ranting about it a lot. And then people were like, oh, this is really fascinating. And they really wanted to learn more about the pricing thing. So that was kind of how I segued into that area. It was kind of by accident, but it was just, I love talking about it. And that's kind of how it occurred. All right. So what is the biggest issue you see when it comes to small business owners and creative entrepreneurs pricing uh, either services or products? The biggest issue I see is really in the strategy behind it. Most people don't have a strategy. They, when they first start a business, they immediately just kind of look at what everyone else is charging and they're like, okay, that sounds good. I guess I'll do that. And they don't actually know if that price that they're assigning to their services or their products is going to make them any money, or they don't kind of set goals for themselves and look at the full picture of their pricing strategy. And as a result, they get a few years in and they're like, why am I not making any money? And it's like, well, you have to have a strategy to this. There has to be some intention in the way that you set your pricing, not just looking around at what everybody else is doing. Right. And I, I think pricing is hard because we feel like we can't do things differently. Um, we feel like everybody, if everybody in our industry is doing things one way, we have to stick with that in order to be successful. And we think that that's the best way because that's what everyone's doing. Exactly. I feel like everyone just kind of looks at, looks at other businesses and says, well, it seems to be working for them. So I guess that's what I got to do. When in reality, those other businesses might not be making any money. Like you have no idea. So it's important to come up with your own strategy rather than just basing it on kind of what everyone else is doing. So how, how do you help people start figuring out the strategy for pricing their services? Well, I created the pricing workbook to kind of walk them through these initial steps. And the first step is really understanding your various revenue streams. So like, how are you going to make money? What are the different services or products that you're going to offer? And then from there, really looking at what your costs are in your business, uh, your time involvement in what it is that you're doing, um, all of the skills and experience and expertise that you've gained, what's the value that you're providing? How big is the problem that you are solving for somebody else and taking all of those things into consideration when you're coming up with what your final price is. Cause it's, it's definitely a, a melding of both cost-based strategy and also value-based strategy. So it matters what you're spending in your own business, but also the value that you're providing to somebody else. Right. And I think the cost-based makes sense. If you actually sit down and look at your numbers, you're looking yes. at how much you have to spend in your business to run things. You're looking at, you know, what personal expenses you're trying to cover exactly. and just doing a lot of math, which people might not love, but they can do. Most people don't love it. No, but it's not that hard. 
Um, but how do you figure out what the value of your service is? That is a great question. And really, you have to look at so many different pieces. I think most business owners get very hung up on the time thing because we all, you know, associate dollars and hours. They're they're very much linked. So everyone's looking at, oh, well, it takes me about 12 hours to do this job. So I don't know, I guess I'm like 40 bucks an hour. So that's, you know, that's what I'll charge. And when in reality, there's so much more than just your time that goes into it. The bigger the problem you're solving for somebody else and the more you can differentiate yourself, the more unique you are, the more you can charge. Because if they can't get what you are offering anywhere else, then you're much more valuable. You're a commodity at that point and you can actually charge a much higher rate for something. So really making sure that you set yourself apart and you solve a problem, whether it's in a unique way or, you know, there's lots of different ways that you can differentiate yourself, but the more unique you can make yourself, the more valuable you're going to be. Okay. And I just saw a video recently that's been on Facebook talking about when you charge hourly and you get things done faster, which should be a valuable thing, you're actually getting paid less. Exactly. I always use that same example with my clients because I'm like, you're you're thinking about this all wrong. Like you shouldn't be penalized for being efficient. Right. So how do we then transition from that hourly mindset that I think a lot of us have because that is sort of the way the corporate world works, especially Mm -hmm. in our first jobs that we have, you're paid by the hour, you show up, you work, you go home. Um, How do we transition into looking at value-based pricing? I think it really comes down to understanding that you provide a lot more than just your time. If someone's just paying for you for your time, you know, you're not a fast food worker, you are not in retail, you're not just a body showing up, you have gained experience, whether that's in your specific field or just as a business owner as a whole, you have expertise. Um, Many of us have teams that we're dealing with as well. Um, You have systems and processes that you've taken time to hone and perfect. There's so many different things that allow you to give the best service possible to your clients and customers. And you should be paid for all of those, not just being a body that's there doing some work for them. And I think it's transitioning from that, you know, worker mindset, that worker bee mindset into a business owner, CEO mindset. That allows you to really look at the value that you're providing on all fronts rather than just as a body doing some work. Right. So how do we go about, like if we look at our value, we look at all our numbers and we come up with a price that we think, you know, reflects what it is that we're doing. um, How do you keep that price, you know, in mind when you're offering a service, but still be able to work with people who are your dream client, like not price yourself out of those people? That's a great question. And at some point, this is where you have to put the business hat on and realize that some things are just going to be unaffordable for some people. There's no way around it. You know, I always look at certain products and just look at, you know, the car industry, just because there are people out there that might want a brand new car and might have a thousand dollars doesn't mean that that is a feasible thing. And at the end of the day, there's, there's going to be a barrier to entry for any service. And so you have to keep that in mind and, and not, and always put yourself first and make sure that you're getting paid what you need to. But then it comes down to a volume mentality. How can you maybe take some things out of your service so that you can service a different client? Um, how, instead of offering, for example, if you're a graphic designer, full, you know, a full website with 17 custom pages, 
if your dream client can't afford that, well, what's a product or service that you can offer them that still services them and keeps it in their, in their price range? Maybe it's more of a template service or maybe it's just a website with two pages on it. So there are ways to, t- to change your service offerings or offer different services geared towards different clients if you, if you are trying to target a more affordable market, but still making sure that as a business owner, you have to get paid. Because at the end of the day, what, you know, what's the point in doing this if it's just going to be an expensive hobby and you're not going to make any money at it? Right. And it's a lot easier to want to work well for your clients and put forth your best effort if you feel like you're actually being compensated well. Such a good point. I think we all work so much harder for those people if we know that they're really appreciating our value and they see the value that we're providing to them. So do you recommend people stay away from pricing things hourly and stick to sort of a packaged price or uh, like per product price? I do. And I think it's important to know what your hour, like to know how many hours it takes you to do something because you should have an idea as a business owner, how efficient you're being with each of your service offerings or the products that you're creating. Um, so I think it's, a, it's an important number to know roughly how many hours it takes you to do certain things in your business. But at the end of the day, I think it's important to pull that out of the equation when you're quoting your price to somebody. Don't base it on hours. Don't include hours or time anywhere in the description of the service that you're providing. Instead, focus on the value that you're providing. Here is what you're getting. Here are the features and here are the benefits. You focus on those things people will understand that that's what they're paying you for. They're not paying you for your time. Like, yes, you're going to spend time working for them, but that's not what they're paying for at the end of the day. They're paying for the final results that you're giving them. Right. And usually they're paying for something that they don't have time to do themselves or they don't have the skill to do. Exactly. So you're saving them a lot of time by helping them to do that. Yes, so true. So how do we explain our prices if we're asked, especially if, you know, people are used to seeing sort of an industry standard in the way things are priced and the way that they're invoiced and we're doing things differently? I feel the best way to go about it is with, first of all, a lot of confidence. If you are very confident in your price and you communicate that confidence, your potential client or customer is going to really feel that you mean it and that you're not pulling this number out of thin air. I also think it's okay to say to someone, Hey, I know I'm probably not the least expensive option that you are considering. I'm also maybe not the most expensive option, but here is why I charge what I do. And then go back to those value statements because I have X number of years of experience because I have an expertise in X, Y, and Z. It's because I put all of these times into these specific systems and processes that you can only get with me. If you reiterate again what it is that they're getting and why they can only get it with you, I think that helps explain it better to your clients and might help them accept it more. And then, especially if you might be a little more expensive than the other people that they're looking at. Okay. And I think having those value statements somewhere, especially if you can just create a template email, uh, so you're not having to write them down, also helps you to stop considering offering a discount if you feel like people can't afford you. It's so true. I think it's important to practice those value statements. If I ask somebody, and I do this a lot with the wedding planners I work with, I say, why should I, like, if if I'm your client, why should I hire you over everybody else? And if you can't answer that statement, 
rapidly with like three solid reasons that I should hire you over anybody else, we've got an issue. Like you've got to know what your value is and be prepared to communicate it. Right. And a lot of people who are running small businesses are not the only person offering the service. So there's lots of wedding planners out there. Yes. And so you have to know, not just I can help you plan a wedding, but what is it that sets you apart and is going to, you know, attract that dream client to you and make working with them, you know, really a great option. Exactly. Like if you really nail that down and understand it in your business, it's going to help you with the sales process and the pricing and really booking those dream clients at the end of the day. Yeah. I'd love to know what you would say to somebody who is just starting out and is not really sure how to start pricing services because they don't have a lot of things in their portfolio or they feel like they don't have a lot of experience in exactly what they're doing in their business? That's a great question. I think it's important that everybody makes money, first of all. And I know that might be an unpopular opinion. I think even people that are brand new, if you're running a business, you still need to cover all your costs. You still should get paid for doing what you do. Uh, but of course you're going to get paid a lot less than somebody that maybe has 10 years experience doing it. So you should come in at an affordable and sort of introductory rate, uh, but still be making money at the same time. And I often advise clients to start with one price that might be on the lower side, only book a few clients at that price, maybe two or three, and then raise it and then kind of keep moving, inching your way up it seems a lot less scary that way. And that way you're kind of gaining experience and you're being compensated for that experience as you go, as opposed to, I feel like a lot of people get stuck in like, they start in this very low introductory rate and then they, they get scared and then they just sort of stay there for years. <laughs> and you're like, why are you still charging that? Like you are past that point now. So don't be afraid to, you know, immediately start upping your rates as soon as you are getting more experience. Yeah. And I think that having the reminder to, increase your rates every couple of clients is good because then you're not making a dramatic increase for people yes. that are watching and it doesn't feel as scary to email somebody and say, Hey, my rates are going, you know, they're going up just a little bit as opposed to I'm tripling what I'm charging <laughs> you because I haven't, you know, increased my rates in three years. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I did that in my own business. It was like <laughs> the scariest email I ever had to send was I need to increase my, I need to more than double what I'm charging you because my time and my expertise has grown so much. You know, I'm getting everything done a lot faster, but you need me. And yes. <laughs> I, I still provide value to you. So yeah, you should pay it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it can surprise people. We're all so afraid of those sort of raising on prices emails, especially yes. if you're working with somebody long term. Mm -hmm. But most clients will come back and say, I totally support you. You've been doing a great job. I know that you're worth what it is that you're asking. Exactly. If you've already shown them the value, like that's even easier than people you haven't even worked with yet because they see the value, they know it's there. And if you tell them you just need to get paid for it, they'll understand. Okay. So if somebody is sitting down to figure out what their pricing should be, and I think this goes back to the value and sort of the numbers-based stuff, what is it that they need to look at um, to help them get to those numbers? I think you need to look at 
a few things looking at, you know, we talked about costs, looking at the, I think ex- experience level that you're at, the expertise you have, the, what are the different things that you're doing that other people are not doing, whether that's, you know, do you, are you offering something additional in your services that no one else is offering? Maybe it's a process that you use that nobody else uses. You can also look at things like, you know, your background, um, you might have a background or have had other jobs in the past that sets you apart from other people that you can kind of draw your value from. Um, also looking at courses that you've taken and education that you've had that maybe your, your competition has not had. There's so many different places that you can pull value from and start to think about what sets you apart in that area. I think it does take a little bit of soul searching. It took me a long time to really understand my unique value and the things I could provide that other planners maybe in my area could not. But if you really sit down and do the work and really think through those things, I'm sure everyone can kind of find what those value statements are. Okay. Um, Do you recommend that we look at what other people in our industry are charging or should we stay away from that altogether? I think it's totally fine to look and just to know, but don't get hung up on it because so many times, especially in the creative entrepreneurial space, people are not making that much money. And so you have to always take other people's pricing with a grain of salt and thinking like, yeah, that's what they're charging, but they very well could be making a lot less than I think, than I think they are. So just put your blinders on a little bit and you know, understanding what that might be, because I think it's good to know what the market seems to bear. But at the same time, approach it, approach your strategy from what you need to make, because you can't be basing your pricing on other kind of failing business models. Right. And that comes back to some of the personal cost too, is some of those people are living in places that aren't very expensive. Yes. And if if you're in California, it costs you a whole lot more just to live than somebody, you know, where I am in Richmond or somewhere else. Yes, exactly. And everybody has different backgrounds too. You know, people, some people might have a degree in something that other people don't. And that should, you know, factor into what, why their pricing might be what it is. And, you know, you don't know all of the pieces that go into other people's pricing. So it's, that's where good to know it for market reasons. But at the end of the day, create your pricing strategy based around what you need to make in your business. Yeah. Do you have any advice when it comes to sort of laying out how you want to charge for a service. So do you go with the 50-50 model or is there like a better way? How do we figure that out for our businesses and our clients? I came up with a formula and that's one thing that I put into the pricing workbook that kind of takes into consideration your costs. It takes into consideration, first of all, your, your costs per your business costs, like your fixed costs. It also takes into consideration your costs for that particular service or that particular product. Um, And then utilizing those to tell you how much you need to be charging, but then factoring in things like taxes, because everybody forgets about those and you need to pay them. So you need to make sure you're adding in a buffer for taxes. And you should also be factoring in a little extra profit as well. It's really important to make a little bit on top of what your own salary is as a business owner, because you want to have money at the end of the year to reinvest in your business and, and to up level it. And that's where 
adding a little bit of padding there for the profit side of things, you know, people in big corporations, they're always worried about profit and shareholders and everything else. Yet as creative business owners, we're like, oh, as long as I just pay myself and my bills, I'm good. Like, no, your business should make a little more than that too, so that you can reinvest it in the future. So um, all of those pieces go into crafting that exact price for each one of your services or products. Okay. And then do you have any advice for someone who is trying to budget for their business? You've mentioned that that's something that you're passionate about. Um, So like, how do we plan for our business to be profitable, but still be able to pay for these things that we need and want to be able to run it? This is where I think, you know, really setting solid goals is so important. So once you've come up with your pricing for each of your services or products, you need to set kind of, I always say three levels of goals. You sort of have those base goals that are, you know, this is what I need to sell for each of my products and each of my services to continue to live, like pay the bills and, you know, keep the business open. Like here's my bare minimum of where I've got to be. And then you want to set sort of your mid-range goals. And these are the, okay, if I want to cover everything I need to pay myself, what I hope to, you know, what I want my salary to be this year and have a little bit left over for profit and everything's, you know, in its happy dreamy land, like that's your mid-range price goals. And then you want to set your sales goals for those like shoot for the moon, like let's say I want to double my salary this year. Like what would I have to sell to make that happen? How many of each of my products and services? And I think when you've laid that all out and you know the numbers for all those different pieces, and I have some spreadsheets that go with the workbook that go into that in detail, that will really help you to know exactly where you need to be and what you need to be selling and then tweak things if necessary because you might do that and realize oh there's no way I can sell that many of that particular service so maybe you need to you know beef up a different service or change things around a little with the revenue streams and when you plan all that out you'll set yourself up for success cool yeah and I think when you do sit down and you know all your numbers and take a look at your numbers on a regular basis so that you know what's coming in and what's going out and you can kind of feel like you have some control over that. It makes it a lot easier to then be confident in your pricing because you know what's actually going on in your business. Yes. And I feel like so many people often don't. (laughs) We're oftentimes, you know, at the end of the year comes around and we're like, wait, how much did I make? And it's not something that you should look at once a year. You should be knowing at all, at all times, what's going on, what your sales are like, what your numbers are, what you're on track to do so that you can be tweaking along the way. Yeah. So does any of this change if you are in a product-based business instead of offering a service? The main thing that changes is the formula that you use to determine pricing. It's a little different because you're factoring in raw materials and labor. So you do have sort of a little bit of a time element there, but you're still also factoring in your value as a business as well. So there's just sort of an extra couple of steps in terms of making sure that you are accounting for materials and labor that go into the creation of the product in addition to your other fixed costs and your salary and, you know, what you want to make as a business. Right. And I think that's where those goals come in too, because in a product big business, you need to have inventory or at least products to make that inventory. (laughs) And so you need to be able to look at what you've done this year and how you want to grow and sort of projections as far as what you need in order to continue to offer more and more of your product. 
Yes, exactly. And especially with product-based businesses, oftentimes, you know, the more inventory you can buy wholesale, the less money you'll spend on it. So if you can get ahead of those things and know what those numbers are, that's going to help you long-term in being able to make more off of each product that you sell. All right. Do you have any tips for people who are scared of numbers to really start to get to know what their numbers are? Uh, I basically just always advise people, you've got to get into your, get into those bank statements, get into your bookkeeping. It's not as scary as it sounds. Oftentimes you are making more money than you probably think you are. It's not like dire straits. Uh, so I think when people do get kind of scared and stick their heads in the sand and they're like, I don't really want to know what I'm making. Like you have to know, because if you want to grow your business and hit those really awesome numbers in the future, you got to know where you're at right now. So I think it's important to just kind of rip off the bandaid and do it. And then from there, it really is a lot of simple math. Sometimes it is, it does take time to really go through and crunch all these numbers and map it out. Uh, but it's not, it's not like algebra. It's not <laughs> calculus. <laughs> there are way worse, worse subjects of math than figuring out your pricing. Yes. My husband is a math teacher and I'm like, I can do numbers. Like I can multiply and add things, but when it gets into the calculus, no thanks. I'm the same way. And so that's where I'm like, I I love numbers and budgets and all that stuff, but I do not particularly like calculus or geometry or any of those things. Yeah. And I think from, at least I found for me that if I make looking at my numbers, sort of a consistent thing on my to-do list, I do it every Friday where I go in and I just look at everything for the week. I make sure that it all makes sense so that I'm not mm-hmm. missing anything. And then, you know, when I get my bank statements, I'll go through and I'll check them. When you're doing it consistently, it's a lot easier. It's a lot faster because you're not having to start from months and months ago and yes. try to do it all at once. Yes. Like everybody does it right before tax time. Suddenly they're like, oh, I have an entire year of expenses (laughs) to go categorize. Like just, I do it every week too. I do it Fridays. I call it financial Fridays and I sit there and do my bookkeeping. I look at my sales projections, like what services are selling, what's not, what I maybe need to focus more on to sell more of and kind of go from there. Okay. Do you have anything else, um, advice as far as pricing a service or, you know, being able to do your pricing and still serve your clients well? I would just say, make sure that you're planning it out, really looking at what it is that you are offering as a part of your service or your product, making sure that the value is there. Cause I think that's another piece that people sometimes don't think about. Like you, if you're having trouble getting people to pay what it is that you're charging them, look at the value, go back to the value. Could I be adding more value somewhere? And oftentimes it, it there's ways to do that that don't cost you anything or are not a whole ton more of your time. So is there more that you can put in there value-wise? Is there more that you can focus on as far as the features and benefits? Are you not focusing well on those? So just plan it out and have a, have a strategy behind it as opposed to just sort of winging it and like hoping people pay that. If you really sit down and focus on it and spend that time, it's going to be a lot easier to sell it. Yeah. And I just thought of this because I see it a lot in the design field is if you look at what sort of the other people are asking about or complaints they've had with people in your industry before, and you can address those in your own value statements that can really help sort of justify your pricing to them so that they can say in their head, okay, she's not going to disappear on me, or I'm going to be getting what I need because she's already addressing those questions that I have. 
Yes, that's such a great point. And look at those those issues and those holes that other people aren't filling and make sure that you're filling them and that you are telling the potential client or customer that you are going to do X, Y, and Z, and they might not be able to get that with other people. Yeah. Okay. So how has serving your clients well um, benefited your business? For me, I love, I love teaching and I love educating people and it was funny when I was like a young kid, I always like played teacher and wanted to be a teacher and then went into the entertainment industry and then came into the wedding industry. So I was always kind of like, how did I get completely off track to like what I wanted <laughs> to do when I was five? And then suddenly it all came full circle. And I was like, oh, I love teaching and educating on these topics. Like that's really cool. And for me, when I see those light bulbs go off in people and when I see people come back and say, you know, I was able to triple my revenue this year, that to me is so important. So I'm always a big believer in just giving as much knowledge as you can. And it helps the whole industry at large. And I think that's one of the reasons when I started talking about pricing so much, I wanted to elevate the whole wedding industry. I wanted everyone to benefit from everyone raising their prices because when 90% of the industry is making almost no money, no one's being served well. So if we can all kind of, you know, band together, not like price gouge people, but at least just charge enough to make decent money, it helps the entire industry as a whole. So that's kind of where it started. I really, I really believe strongly in that sort of sharing and helping and educating each other so that everybody benefits. Yeah. And it's a definitely a different conversation for people who are entrepreneurs as far as pricing goes, because it looks expensive to people outside, but it mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we're making a ton of money and just sitting here and laughing at you. Exactly. I have to tell brides and grooms that all the time when they sit there and they're like, that costs what? I'm like, you just tell me when you see any of your wedding vendors drive up into Maserati, like then we'll have that conversation. But don't <laughs> worry. They are not making as much money as you think they are. Yeah. Okay. So tell me two things that you're loving right now. They can be business or life. Okay. Um, first one is Asana. I don't know how many people use that, but it's basically my number one business tool. Um, I use it for everything because I'm, I do juggle multiple businesses. I have the wedding business. I also, um, am the co-owner of the wedding business bosses, which is a community, um, with my business partner, Jenny Krause. So we have a workspace for that. I've also got all of my Kristen Kaplan stuff and all my pricing workbook stuff. So Asana really allows me to keep track of everything going on in my business and all these various capacities and still making sure everything gets done. So I'm a huge fan of Asana and it's something I like, I always think to myself, like, if that disappeared tomorrow, like, I don't know what I do or I wouldn't know what to do next week with my time because yep. everything's in there. Yep. So that is probably my number one. And then another thing I'm loving right now is YouTube and specifically, this is kind of a life thing. Um, I've gotten a little obsessed with makeup tutorials on YouTube. I was never like a massive makeup person until recently, but I started looking on YouTube and watching a lot more just YouTube tutorials in general because I'm launching a YouTube channel soon and trying to do more video work myself and video content and somehow like went completely down the rabbit hole of like beauty insiders on YouTube. <laughs> so that's like my guilty pleasure right now is when I'm bored. I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to tune into a, a makeup tutorial on YouTube and, and do that right now, which is so weird. I know, but it's gotten me really into the video content side of things. So I guess that's the business benefit of it. Yeah. Well, and it gives you a little bit of a break sometimes. Exactly. It does. <laughs> okay. So what are you excited for that's coming up in the future? 
Uh, well, I'm excited, as I just mentioned, for my YouTube channel to launch and to do a lot more video content. You know, I loved Periscope when it was a thing. And I really this year have been meaning to kind of get back to video content because I love teaching on video. I kind of love that like one to many aspect of it. So I'm super excited to put out a lot more content for the remainder of this year around video and teaching in that way because it's a really easy way for me to me to connect with people and to teach. And I love kind of that aspect of it. So I'm super pumped for that. That's exciting. I love that you found a way that you like to share that content and that knowledge that isn't, you know, something that you feel like I have to do this because everybody else does it. Exactly. Like blogging to me, like, I mean, I'll do it. It's not my favorite. And I just, it kind of stumbled upon video when Periscope came about and realized how much I loved it. And I was like, oh, well, I should do more of that. And unfortunately, Periscope might be, you know, kind of on the decline, but there's still plenty of ways I can teach on video. So now I'm just getting a lot more serious about it. Yeah. And it's a good reminder to everybody to try things out and see what you like, because you never know what platform is going to work for you. Exactly. And it doesn't really matter what your platform is, as long as you're putting out content. Okay. Um, So where can people find you online? They can find me at kristenkaplan.com. That is my kind of main hub website. Um, I also am on Instagram at Kristen C. Kaplan. C is in Charlie. Um, I believe Kristen Kaplan was taken by somebody on Instagram back when I got my <laughs> handle. So Kristen C. Kaplan, pretty much on all of the social media platforms. Um, I'm also on Facebook as well. I've got a Facebook page and I'm planning to start going live a little bit more often, um, getting back into that video thing as well. So you can find me at any of those places. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Samantha, for having me. Yeah. I think this will be a great episode for people to really get an idea of how they can work on their pricing and making sure they're actually going to be profitable in their business. Yes, because that is so important. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 